0: There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping to move from awareness to action this week. Is Mr. Clate Mask, the founder and CEO of Keep, formerly Infusion Soft. Welcome, Clayt. Thank you, George Centauri, great to be with you. Centauri, you've spent a good amount of time building your trust and credibility and relationships as yourself and you've got a unique and memorable name and brand. Have you ever thought about rebranding and just going with a different name?
1: <laughs> no, although the other day, uh, someone was asking me, about, I was at the ASU game, uh, and someone was like, um, have you ever thought about owning, like Centauri.com is actually owned by Centauri Technologies in like Odessa, Texas, so I can't own that. Um, <laughs> I, I can't imagine what they would sell it to me for. Uh, but Centauri Minor, I do own. Um, but no, I've never thought about rebranding. Uh, but maybe like if something some scandal goes down, I might in the next five or ten years. So let's hope that that doesn't happen, George.
0: Well, we had certainly uh, Rick Smith from Taser, right. that rebranded as Axon. So, Clate, what uh, gives, man?
2: Yeah, rebranding. It's a you know that's a that's a big topic. It's a big <laughs> challenge. So for us, uh, we rebranded from Infusionsoft to Keep because we have a mission to simplify growth for five million small businesses worldwide by 2030. That's the mission. Nice. The mission that that we were on previously with Infusionsoft, it was to establish sales and marketing automation for small businesses. So we did that, set out on the new mission, and we were like, if we're going to do this for millions of small businesses, we need a simple, clear, easy name Mm. that will spread very quickly. And the Infusionsoft product really stands for this powerful sales and marketing automation. And the new products that we've created, they're lighter, easier versions of the Infusionsoft software. So it felt better to call it something new than to call it Infusionsoft Lite. that, that That didn't really make sense. So we still have the Infusionsoft product. It's at the high end of our product line, the powerful sales and marketing automation software for small businesses. And we have our Keep products that are kind of lighter, easier versions of our software. Long story short, if you're going to have the easier, lighter version, that's where most customers are going to come in and start. Right. And it made sense to have the company follow the name of the products where most of pe- most of the customers start as opposed to have the company be the name of the most powerful version of the software. So, I think over year over time people will see, "Oh yeah, the brand of Keep is all about this purpose that you have to help small businesses succeed and course, the message to small businesses everywhere is keep going, keep serving, keep growing. Um, You know that tenacity is the key ingredient of success in small business, and that's why we call the company Keep. And how long have you been Keep? Uh, Since February. Oh wow! So this is relatively yeah, very just this year.
1: And how's the trans? Talk to us about how the transition brands has been.
2: It is. It is a lot of work to do this transition, and we knew that. You know, there was we we knew this is you know this is this takes years. We're we're living into this brand over time. We didn't just infusion soft overnight that takes time and we love the infusion soft product and you know I, I love the infusion soft brand um, but we needed to create a simple brand we needed to create something that's that that told the market hey we have something easy for you to grow your business and so uh, that's why we did it uh, I would say that the brand overall has gone well internally with our employees. I think partners initially were kind of like, uh, I, I'm not really sure because they really do a lot to help to take this powerful software that we have and, and do amazing things for our customers. But that has been building, so the brand, brand's been picking up there. And then customers, it always takes a little while, you know, oh, I, don't, I don't quite get it. So what I would tell you is right on track with employees, uh, on track now with partners. I think customers are coming along They're They're getting there. We call it infusion soft by keep um, But you know, it's the it's the most powerful version of our software and they're they're starting to get oh You've got this family of products and I happen to have gotten the most powerful version to start so overall I would say it's good I'll tell you if there are a few gotchas in the process though that I'd be happy to share with you if you want to go into that
1: go through
2: sure so uh, Getting it right with Google is really tricky <laughs> Because we didn't just change our name, we kept the Infusionsoft product. So we have the we had this Infusionsoft product, which we didn't want to move away from because it's got a lot of brand value, a lot of brand equity out there. Customers know it, partners know it. Um, we so we had to continue to uh, guide Google the right way with Infusionsoft, all the while we're trying to bring on this new the new brand of Keep, and that was really tricky. And it took there were a few little things in there. And I'm not the technical expert on some of the little trip-ups that we made, but we made some mistakes in in managing the um, Google algorithms or, or you know speaking clearly to the Google algorithms that caused the the Keep brand to be suppressed in the search results for a while. So we launched in February. It wasn't until June that we kind of got the Keep brand going again. And now every month the the momentum's building. Um, we're at all-time highs on, on organic traffic now and so the brand, so now what I would tell you and, and frankly Google drives the brand as much as anything so now I would tell you that yeah we're in a good place but it took a while to work through that particularly with the Google algorithm
0: yeah.
2: I can only imagine what
0: that process is like so <laughs> talk about you not understanding all the technical stuff that's not my, my, not my area of expertise either so well, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that, that you said that your employees were on board right away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, got to walk through your very, very cool office space. And one of the things that, that sticks out for me and I think is, for good reason, a really important conversation going on today is is corporate values. Yeah. And you have mm-hmm. your corporate values right on the wall. Yeah. So tell me why it was that, that you've, you, you've made what probably a lot of people would consider this big shift to... Changing your the brand your company and the cult well keeping the culture the same. Yeah Your goal is to serve five million small business Mm -hmm. is that would you consider that to be on mission?
2: Yeah, that's a big part of the mission So the the mission is literally to simplify growth for five million small businesses worldwide by 2030. That's the mission That's what we're up to Um, but to me the the culture is the the mission comes into the culture The purpose of why you exist that comes into the culture and the values of how you go about doing it that comes into the culture and though our purpose values and mission had been around for years well over a decade what happened was we changed our mission because we we got through the initial mission we had a ten-year mission that we set and once we cleared that it was time to set the new mission well when we set the new mission that's when we realized okay if we're going to serve millions Mm -hmm we need to, the the brand needs to speak to the market in a little bit of a different way. That's why we did the rebrand, because of the mission. So you, you think about it, a lot of times, I, I believe, people might make a branding decision for, oh, you know, well, it's gonna help us with sales or it's gonna help us to, uh, you know, identify with the right prospect or audience or something like that. It had nothing to do with that for us. For us, it was all about the mission of the company and what we're up to over the next decade plus. And we wanted to have a brand that matched the mission that we're up to so we've always been very grounded in our purpose values and mission Um, you know that's something that we've been very very uh, steeped in do a lot of speaking about a lot of talking about it's it's something that I feel very strongly about as as an entrepreneur as a CEO when you get your purpose your values your mission right your company is far more successful.
1: And we've had, um, we've been fortunate enough to be on um, uh, Catherine Alonzo's podcast, and she's been on ours. I think she's our most frequent. We've had her on three times, and she talks a lot about naming those values and principles. Can you share with the audience what those are? I yeah. know they're on your wall, but
2: yeah, sure. So uh, it, it's it's really critical because if you can't, you know, if your if your people don't understand, it's one thing to put them on the wall. Mm-hmm. What leaders have to do effectively is reinforce them everywhere it's you know a wall is a simple way to do it frankly but it's every email that you send every slack you know post that you do whatever whatever it is that you're doing to to communicate and interact with your employees you've got to reinforce those so so for us our our first value is we genuinely care and our all of our values are three-word values you know that all start with we and if you if you're in a leader, and you want to reinforce the value, then you're talking to people, and you you emphasize we genuinely care. They need to hear the words coming out of your mouth very regularly. If those if the if the leaders are reinforcing through their language, through their actions, through their teachings as they talk about different print different things that come up in the business, then the employees get that in them as well, and it becomes a part of who they are. So. You know whether I'm talking about our first value we genuinely care or our last value we win together. You know we could go through each one of them. We own it. We build trust. You know we learn always. Um, But the point is you've got to reinforce those. You you've got they've got to be simple, sticky, memorable for people so that it becomes part of the vernacular.
0: Nice. So you set out to. Achieve what you wanted to and then 10 years and you you, you hit it. You're like awesome <laughs> yeah. Now it's time for this next phase. Yeah, and that was that was how many years ago?
2: Uh, so in 2017 we kicked off the new what we call our Mars mission Which is to simplify growth for 5 million small businesses worldwide.
0: Okay, so You you are now a, a big company, mm-hmm. but you are a private company but you're responsible to, to the people that own the company, your stakeholders, like, and obviously you're, you're accountable and responsible to people that work here. Yeah. How hard was it to say we're going to really
2: make this huge change? It, it actually wasn't that hard because it wasn't such a huge change mm-hmm. from a. It wasn't a huge change from uh, the the standpoint of the essence of the company. Um, our purpose, who we are, that didn't you know the purpose of the company to help small businesses succeed that didn't change. That's been in place for. 13-14 years. Um, the values of the company, that didn't change. We, we reworded them a little bit to make them a little simpler. Um, they used to be a little bit longer and we wanted to make it really easy, to your point, Centauri, so people could could remember them and talk about them, make it into in their everyday language. So it was only the mission that changed. I, I think about the underpinnings of culture as purpose, values, and mission. Purpose stayed the same, values stayed the same, had been in place for well over a decade. The mission we had achieved the mission. It was time to set out a new vision, a new mission. But the mission, what what drove the mission was a product that helped small businesses grow with sales and marketing. And that that was the same thing. Now, we had created a new product line that made it possible for us to serve many, many more small businesses. And frankly, that's what made the mission very easy for people to grab a hold of. Infusionsoft was always and has always been a really powerful piece of software for, for small businesses that are a little bit marketing savvy and they're willing to do some, some um, sort of process-oriented thinking to, to lay out their, their processes and automate it. If you want to flowchart something in your sales and marketing process, Infusionsoft can automate it. Well, that's great for people that want to flowchart it, but mm-hmm. most small businesses don't actually flowchart it. So we were in a situation with Infusionsoft where we were the leaders in sales and marketing automation for small business, but we could only appeal to and serve those small businesses that were more marketing-savvy, process-oriented thinkers. So it was too robust. Yeah, it was too robust for the average small business. Mm -hmm. And we all knew it. Everybody knew it. The market had been telling us for a long time, hey, isn't there an easier, lighter version of your software that's maybe less expensive? I mean, we got that all the time. So for us as co-founders and as leaders we said well that's what we want to do. We want to serve that we want to serve small businesses everywhere. We don't want to be serving just a small segment of the small business market. We want to serve small businesses everywhere and literally serve millions of small businesses. So that was in 2017 is when we started to create the product to be able to do that and that product is what will fuel and drive the mission. Will we still have infusionsoft? Absolutely but it will be a relatively small percentage of the overall customer base by the year 2030. Today, it's still the, the, the leader in our customer base, um, but every month that, that goes by, we have more and more customers coming in on the new products, and so you know, we bring in a few hundred customers on the Infusionsoft product, but the customers on the KEEP products are growing. And that will happen over time and ultimately we will have millions of small businesses and we might have a hundred thousand that are on the Infusionsoft product but you know uh, four million five million that are on the keep product and that's why you name the company keep not Infusionsoft
1: so for our listeners uh, who might be just as technically savvy as me and George what give top line what is Infusionsoft and what is keep so yeah. you talk about simplifying growth for small businesses, but what does that look like from a, a, a software standpoint?
2: Yeah, so for Keep, it's, it's really CRM software, um, customer relationship management software. It's a customer database that helps you to keep track and organize your customers, your prospects. Um, that's what CRM software is. It helps you manage your relationship with your customers. And, and Infusionsoft and Keep are both versions of CRM software. Infusionsoft is more powerful automation. So it's process automation, workflow automation. It enables you to do a lot of time savings magic stuff. It's really awesome. Um, With Keep, it's more templates, it's more guided. Um, It's got automation, but it's lighter automation. So today we have three products in our product line. We have our our Keep Grow product, and you can think of it as kind of the Keep Basic product and then Keep Pro. And then Infusionsoft, well, um, Infusionsoft has all the power of automate has the most powerful automation. Keep at the, at the lower end has kind of light automation and Keep Pro is sort of in between. It's mm. kind of it's, a lot of our customers say it's the best of both worlds because I get some of the automation, but not as much as what Infusionsoft does. But I also get the ease of use and the, the beautiful experience that, that we set out to create for our Keep customers in the first place. Long story short, we help you do sales, marketing, serve your customers more effectively, track your leads and customers, and automate as much as possible so that you grow sales and save time. Got it. Now,
0: was it difficult? I guess I should ask a question first. I'm sure that there were a lot of people outside of the company that said, what are you, nuts? Yeah. You know, (laughs) this is a great thing you got going. Right. Why are you... Why are you going downstream as opposed to upstream? Is, is, is that the right language? Very,
2: very common question we have. A lot of people will say, yeah, software companies usually move upstream. Why aren't you doing that? Especially since you have this powerful product in, in infusion stock. I mean, you could look at it and say, yeah, the, the natural thing you should have done is just moved upstream. But that's not our passion. That's not our purpose. That's not the mission that we're up to. We're, we are all about helping small businesses grow. So, no, we didn't want to do that. That wasn't the right thing for this company to to go against the passion and the purpose of the company to serve bigger businesses. Could we have done that? Sure. Was the product uh, better suited to do that? You could argue that. Mm -hmm. You could certainly argue it. But um, that's not what we're up to. We're up to helping small businesses grow and giving them the, the, the system that they need to do that. And we always had the passion and desire to... Create an easier, lighter version of the software, so that's what we did. You've been at this
0: for for a for a good little while now. Yeah, right. And so when you get critics or detractors, had, have you stopped caring a long time ago, or <laughs> has,
2: has your skin gotten tougher? Um, to, it's a really great question. It's it's not that I don't care. Um, I do. My my skin is thicker. I do have. I do have perspective. Because critics are usually looking at a moment in time or a very, um, a very, you know, narrow slice of time anyway, if it's not a moment. We've been at this for 18 years. We understand small businesses and what they need to grow at a, at a very, very um, intimate level. We get the challenges that they face. And so when people come in and say, oh, we well, should do this. I I just take it with a grain of salt. Mm. I understand what we've been up to for a long time. I also understand what we're up to between now and the year 2030. And a lot of times the critics just lack perspective. Now, the other thing is sometimes the reason why I I say I do care is because a lot of times the critics have a nugget of information that's really important to listen to. And there's something there that needs to be accounted for when you're looking at, at the decisions that you're making and, and you're, take, you're taking a step back and looking at the broader perspective. So I would say it as, yes, I have a thicker skin um, and that's born out of perspective, but I also listen to them because the critics a lot of times will give you what you need that maybe you have a little bit of a blind spot to you. Sometimes the perspective you have is actually too far back and you're missing something that's a, a really you know close-up view a close-up point that you need that uh, a customer or a competitor or a prospect or somebody who wishes you ill, you know, <laughs> they can they can share with you and it actually is really
1: helpful. Works out. Let's um, talk about you as a leader. There must have been an impetus as to why you created Infusionsoft, so what was the journey to there? Um, and then a uh, second question of that would be what made you put in line these core values and uh, core principles to run your,
2: oh, run your great, operation? Thank you. Great questions. Um, you know the reason why we created Infusionsoft is because we knows we were the customer, mm. and you know we started the business as a custom software company, trading hours for dollars, you know delivering a service, and you know we saw we just saw how hard that was. Our by the way our customers are almost entirely service businesses. That's who we serve, ninety one percent. You know we have some product businesses, but um, they're service businesses, and we were a service business, and we knew how hard that was to, you're, you're trying to get customers in the door, serve those customers effectively. There's never, there are never enough hours in the day. The pressure and stress of what you deal with in trying to balance your, your life is, you know, it, it's, it really is a dark tale that most entrepreneurs don't tell. And um, we understood that we know what that is. And we, we dealt with health challenges, financial challenges to the brink of bankruptcy, relationship challenges with, you know, with, with my wife, with you know, Scott and his wife, all of us. You know, the, it, it is such a strain on small business to grow a business and be successful that we just have just deep compassion for it. We went through it and frankly, it's when we started using the software that we had created, we started using it in our business that, that it changed the game entirely. And I'll I'll tell you what happened. Um, I I haven't told this story too often, but I'll tell you specifically what happened. We were a couple of years into the business. We had no money whatsoever at home. We weren't making any money here. We were struggling like crazy to keep the lights on. And it was almost Christmas time, and Cherie said, what are we gonna do for presents for our kids? And you know, when you're working at it like crazy, and mind you, I had been to eight years of college. So I had ASU economics degree, law degree and MBA for four years making no money whatsoever. And Charisse is looking wow. at me like, what are we doing? Come on, man. Right. Get it and together. You, yeah. And and we had, had many conversations of will you just please go get a real job? We've had lot had lots of those conversations and I had, you know, kind of worked through that many times and and um we we uh we were approaching Christmas and she said, so what are we going to do? And I said, you know, when all, all credit cards maxed out, there's no spending power whatsoever. Credit, credit scores are in the tanks. I mean, all the stuff that happens when you're trying to get a business going and I just, you know, I I just couldn't even say anything. I was just like, I'm sorry. You know, I, I I don't know what we're gonna do. She said, well, I know we don't, I know that we don't have anything. So I think what I'm going to do is do some, a, a bracelet party. So when we were in college, she would make bracelets and kind of have people come into the home, pre-order bracelets. She'd make them, you know, buy all the stuff for them and she'd make a few hundred bucks doing that when she'd do a bracelet party. And I said, okay, great. So she said she was going to do a bracelet party. And in December, we had, we had, uh, not too long before that, we had created some automation in our software for some of our customers. And those customers were using it and they were raving about it. And, I was not using it. I was doing all the sales and marketing. I was working the leads in our business, and I decided that night when Sharice had the bracelet party, I was going to write the first automated campaign. And so I sat in the loft writing that campaign. I thought I was going to write a six-week campaign with six steps in it that would go out once a week. I actually only got one step written that night, but I realized that if I got the second step written by the following week, I'd be golden because the, the message would go out once a week, the, you know, the second message would go out the next week. So I, long story short, I wrote that campaign, got the first step in place, and then the next week got the second step in place. And I went in and we had about, um, we had a few thousand leads that we had been working with over, over time, that we had been doing marketing and generating leads in different ways over the prior couple of years. And so I put those leads into this campaign and they started to receive the automated educational marketing that I was sending out. I wasn't sending out, hey, do you want to buy? I was sending out educational material. I had written, I'd spent the time writing it. And what happened was a total game changer for us. After about, um, this, after the second step went out, a you know, person called me and said, hey, I've been getting your stuff the last couple of weeks. Got a couple questions, I answered his questions. He said, okay, I'm ready to buy. I'm like, whoa, you know, wow. that was different. All right, right. I mean, I had been spending <laughs> weeks and weeks with multiple calls when I had a hot prospect that I would, you know, lots of sales effort trying to close a, cus- a, a customer. And this person called me after receiving my information a couple of times. I went into my partners. I said, hey, check out what just happened. And they're like, you know, my partners are software developers. So they're on the keyboard. You know, they kind of give me the courtesy of turning around and saying, hey, nice job. Good job. Yeah, That's yeah. it. I walk out couple days later it happens again and I went into my partners I was like hey this just happened again and they're like nice job good now at the time we were making about one or two sales a month so all of a sudden we had made two sales in two or three days and a couple of days later it happened again and when it happened the third time I walked into their office and the I into their office and I said turn around and look at me. I said, we have freaking magic here. (laughs) This is amazing. And literally what happened was I began to do automated follow-up in an educational, nurturing way and it drove sales. And that, we started to practice that and it's what changed our company and it's what our customers do. That's what our software does is it helps to automate the follow-up. You know, I say, oh, it's CRM software. It's sales and marketing software. And people kind of, their eyes are still glaze over and then i say how do you follow up with your prospects and customers uh, not very well well tell me about what you do you get into the follow-up problem mm. and it is the downfall of small businesses it's what causes them to not grow and every small business if you go in and you ask them well what are you doing to nurture the customers that you have or what are you doing to follow up with the leads that you got at the trade show last week or what There, it's a fault it's there are cracks all over in the follow-up process and so if you can automate that you change the game and that's what our software does that's what changed things for us in our business that's what changed things for our customers and that's why when you set ask the question why did you start the business it was that we were doing custom software but once we got to where we had a product that solved the follow-up problem mm. that's when things took up nice <clears throat> I love it so you asked the second question, but that first one was so. My answer was so long on that. I probably don't oh, get the answer to answer the second question. <laughs> do you want me to hit the second one? I'd love you... to
1: hear about like how you and as you as you grew, how did you then integrate those principles and values into? Yeah.
2: yeah so what the happened corporate. was we we didn't do it effectively at the very beginning. Mm. Um, it took us a few years before we put our our before we established our culture, and I suppose in some ways you kind of have to be doing something before you can take the pieces and put it all together into a cultural foundation. But we had been running the business for about five years and we had, we had about 60, 70 employees. And it was really interesting because each year as we would grow and we'd lay out our growth plan and we'd tell our employees, okay, this is how we're going to grow this year. um, You know, I start, we started doing that when we had about six or seven employees and I'd say, Hey, by the end of the year, we're going to have 10 employees. And I'd, I'd get a, an employer or two that would come in with you know, great concern in their eyes and they'd say, how are we gonna keep this great family feel as we grow the business? And I'd say, ah, it's gonna be okay, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. And the next year, you know, okay, we're gonna grow to 20 employees this year. And same thing, I'd get a couple people who'd come in. And that happened three or four years in a row. And then the year that we uh, had about 70 employees and we raised our first round of venture capital and we were saying, hey, we're gonna grow to 120 employees next year. I was saying, oh crap, how are we mm-hmm. gonna keep this great right. you know, this great company feel? And so um, that was the point where we said, you know what, we need to establish the, the foundation, we need to establish the culture. So we started to read and study everything we could and there's lots of great stuff out there but a lot of the roads were taking us back to a guy named Jim Collins who wrote Good to Great, mm-hmm. Built to Last, um, um, Great by Choice. He's written a bunch of books about this and um, we studied his stuff and decided, okay, we got to we got to put the foundation in place. And he he talks about putting the the core philosophy in place. That's what he calls it in Built to Last. And any listener can go get that book. Um, if they're smaller business and more entrepreneurial, they should get a book that he wrote called Beyond Entrepreneurship. Because hardly anybody knows about that book, but it's it's the one book that he hasn't put a lot behind it. It's it's one of his. I think it might be the first book that he wrote. And it really is an awesome book for entrepreneurs that are trying to establish a culture. Because Good to Great and Built to Last are kind of for bigger companies. But Beyond Entrepreneurship, I didn't discover it until until later. But it's a great book. Read Chapter 2 on vision setting. It's about how you establish your purpose, values, and mission. We did it using Built to Last. He gives a kind of some explanation of how you do it. But that was the point, Centauri, when we... We were at 70 employees and we were going to grow to 120. And we said, you know what? If we don't get this right, we're going to do a lot of damage to the company. And we were very intentional about putting our purpose, values, and mission in place back then. And that was over a decade ago.
0: Nice. So you've had a lot of changes over the past couple, three years. Yes. One of the things we'd love to ask is what are the top three things that you've learned over the last three years?
2: Yes. Um, I have learned that to create a new product that opens up the market and expands your product line is far more challenging than people assume. Mm. Um, that's number one. Number two, I've learned that the, the process of transforming our product line into a modern SaaS suite, um, that is a m- more time-consuming and expensive process. Uh, That's the second thing. So, you know, it's almost akin to like a, we've always been SaaS, but we weren't hosted in the cloud. We were not set up from the beginning where you come into our software, you get a trial, you purchase in app, you grow over time where it's all driven by the product. It was much more driven by service when we created Infusionsoft. And so when I talk about this transformation to a modern SaaS platform, Man, it's it's almost like you know the the companies that go from like client-server to SaaS. I mean, it's almost that significant what we had to go through. And and when a public company does that, they tell their investors, you know, they're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna move to a SaaS model. That's like a, it's a three to five year mm-hmm. transformation. And I look back and I think we should have given ourselves three years to make that transformation. I didn't I, I didn't understand just how much went into that. And funny, at our, at our board meeting a couple of weeks ago, the board was saying that exact thing. They're like, yeah, we underestimated how, how hard that was going to gonna be to work point. through, how long. And and we held ourselves to a performance standard moving toward an IPO as a public company while we were doing that. And, you know, that you, – you've got to – one of the learnings is you have to understand what the challenge is that you're really up to in that transformation. And then you have to adjust your goals, your – IPO objectives those ty- those types of things accordingly and we didn't do that which just creates more Frustration you feel like gosh, we're not, you know, we're not achieving as much as we want to So that would be the second thing is just that transformation how much work that takes and then the third thing I would say is The leadership job to align people while you're going through that is One mm. that I-, I thought I was totally up to but I look back and I say whoa, I I fell down in a bunch of places so you have to do a lot to align your leadership to make that transformation and to get the product line extension in place. And, you know, we, I can definitely look back and see the missteps we made there. So with number one,
0: talking about how you <clears throat> didn't realize that it was going to be far more challenging creating this new product, is that directly what what you're referring to in number two and three, or are there additional...
2: Um, or it's it's way more. De- no, it's it's the <laughs> I, I listed it first for for that reason. It is the biggest because the other two are related to mm-hmm. that. But um, really, what what happened was the the people who the, the people in our company who created and I include myself in this group because I was there from the beginning. Those of us that created the powerful solution of InfusionSoft, um, it's a it's a very complex solution. We were not able to create the simple solution. And so what happened was we needed to bring in some people to help us to create the simple solution. But when you do that, you have to it, you have to get the ingredients that made the powerful solution into the simple solution. Otherwise, you've just got a simple solution that doesn't do anything for you. And so getting that right and doing the product line extension, it had it had a lot of um, murkiness in it. We were tr- you know we we're trying to figure it. We were I mean you talk about figure it out. We were trying to figure this out. And what happened was we weren't really clear on were we creating an easier version of the software, were we creating uh, a replacement of our software, kind of the new version that would replace the existing software, or were we creating something entirely different altogether? And as you bring in people from the outside, they've all got their perspectives and everybody's kind of trying to figure out this problem of how do we serve millions of small businesses in our mission, and go from the existing product we have to be able to serve more. But everybody has a little bit different take on how to do that. And so you get, you know, I can now look back on the other side and say, oh, easy, we were just extending the product line creating an easier, lighter version of our software. But at the time, you, you couldn't see it clearly. There were, there were underlying constant questions about, is this a replacement? Is this something different altogether? Or is this something that's a, you know, companion, lighter version of our software? And not knowing the answer to that question at the beginning is one that I would tell people, you know, if you're going through a product line, if you're going through kind of a, we want to serve more customers out in the market, you've got to be really clear on that question. Is it, are you, are you replacing what you have? Are you building something that's a, you know, a lighter version or are you, or are you actually doing something entirely different? And... I, we did not know the answer to that question and wow, was that, did that create a lot of challenges and the two, you know, the time that it takes and the transformation, everything and the leadership alignment, those come out of that, that fundamental question, that first one.
1: You talked about leadership alignment. I'm I'm very curious who helped you through that. So who were the people? Was it an executive coach? Was it fellow CEOs? How did you get in the mind space of like a lot of things are happening? I got to get a lot of people on the bus and I (laughs) got to get them super aligned who helped you kind of think through
2: yeah so i've always been uh kind of a personal development nut you know i'm always just wanting to learn and you know one of our values is we learn always and one that's one of my personal ones as well always i'm always learning and um so i've always searched for coaches mentors uh and you know george and i were talking before about strategic coach i've done strategic coach for you know 12 13 years and it's a, it's a coaching program for entrepreneurs. I started doing it when we were at about a million and a half in revenue. And uh, continued. this is the first year I haven't done it. So, um, but I also started uh, working several years ago with an executive coach, working one-on-one for two hours um, a week, you know, working with him and getting, you know, a mirror held up to me on the mistakes I'm making and the things I'm doing, how I'm showing up that I don't realize so that I can make adjustments and improve. Um, I would say my coach was uh, critical in helping me to align people. And a lot of times it's aligning yourself, getting yourself right with the values where you might see that you're off a little bit. But, you know, short answer is no, no shortage of uh, coaches and resources and mentors, but specifically one coach that I, I've met with for um, several years now, two hours a week. And uh, that's pretty intense coaching.
0: Awesome, you want to give that person a shout out? You don't have to,
2: yeah. So, um, he's the most unique guy I've ever met. His name is Steve Hardison. Mm. Uh, unlike um, most people that are building a business, they don't, they're not not trying to find more clients. Like, he has two clients a day, four days a week. He works with eight people at at a time, and that's it. (laughs) Love it. Yep, all right, Clayton. So, if you could make one plea knowing that the whole world would hear it, what would that one plea be? Um I say this all the time. It's a. I'm going to give you a a, a business plea first, um, because I want so much to see small businesses grow and be successful. I hate small business failure. I hate it. I hate to see the what it, the toll it takes on people personally, the toll it takes on their finances, their relationships, and how it squashes the creativity in people mm-hmm. to go do something that um, you know is challenging and scary to go do. And I am absolutely convinced that if small businesses will do this thing, they will they will grow and be successful. And that is follow-up. So I, I say all the time to people, I hope that my tombstone says, after it says he's a great husband and father, I hope it'll say, follow-up works. <laughs> if you look at follow-up, it, it is the thing that causes people to to, to not grow. And I've I've spoken on stages, I've spoken on, uh, to small groups, big groups, individuals, phone calls, you name it. And I ask people all the time, all the time, why don't you follow up? I don't have time. I don't have a system. I don't know what to say. Um, I forget. Things slip through the cracks. You know, it's just. And and uh, the reality is, you're you're running like crazy when you're running a small business. You are you're juggling so many different balls. You can't keep it all straight. And especially when you start to have some success, but things plateau because you're not, you don't have the system to follow up effectively with prospects and customers and partners. So the one message I want the world to hear is follow up works. I love it.
1: What else? Centauri? Answered all my questions. Thanks for being here. This is is uh, illuminating and um, excited to hear where, where KEEP goes from here.
2: Well thank you. I'm excited too. We're, we love helping small businesses grow. Uh, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk a little bit about the brand and the, the rebrand work and, and uh, you know I, I didn't say the, the real personal part of why we call it Keep but I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this um, when we had been in it a couple of years and you know I we had We had gotten past the point where I I shared with you the story about Christmas time when we started to sell the software. By the way, my wife did sell a few hundred dollars of bracelets. Our kids did get some Christmas presents that year. And and by the next year, we were producing income, and I was able to actually buy presents. um, But we weren't yet to the point that following year where the business was just going. And Sharice was still saying, I think you should go go get a real job. And, And we'd had a conversation that one particular point where it was like she couldn't do it anymore it was just Mm -hmm. too much and I and I was like no this is working like I'm watching what the software is doing for our customers I'm watching what it's doing in our business and I kept telling and I was saying look it's getting better and she'd say well it's not getting better for us you know it's not because as every business owner knows it takes a while for the money to make it into the door of the business and then actually to have a piece that can make it into the bank account at home right So we were struggling like crazy, personally and financially. We'd been two and a half years or so into the business, and she just one night, you know, lots of tears on both of our parts, and it was like, "You have to go get a real job." And I said, and I I reasoned that, "Okay, I hear you. I will go get a job." And in my mind, I thought, "But maybe I'll be able to come back around to Infusionsoft, you know, after things get stabilized there or whatever." And so I told her I'd go look for a job. She said, okay, you have to promise me that when you go to work tomorrow, you will look for a job. I said, okay, I promise. So the next day, went into the office, sat down, got into my leads and customers and doing all the stuff I did before I knew a day was over and I had not looked for a job at all. And I'm driving home and I was I was petrified because I felt I felt like an idiot because I hadn't done what I said I was going to do. And I felt, I was very nervous because I knew Charisse was at wit's end. And I I walked in the door that day and I will never ever forget what happened I I walked in her back was to me she turned around and she in a very somber voice she said did you look for a job today and I said no and she walked up to me she gave me a huge hug and she just held me super tight and like I tried to let go and she started and she was crying and I and I started crying we were both crying and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what's happening? But I was really glad that she was hugging me and not you know, yelling at me and mad at me. And so I just we I, I we hugged, and um, I you know I kind of when I could kind of pull away, I said, I said, what's going on? And she said, everything's going to be okay. Just keep going. Mm. And that that challenge that entrepreneurs have to keep going, it is what determines success or failure. And that moment for me, when, when Charisse was behind me in my corner again and saying, "You know what? we can do this." Um, that phrase of just keep going," that is what entrepreneurs need to hear. Every, every successful entrepreneur has their keep going story. and every struggling entrepreneur needs to hear it because it's, it's not, you know nobody's immune to it when you're trying to get the business off the ground and be successful. And that, that is our message to small businesses. We've always been about small business success. And the brand of keep is that message of perseverance. Keep going, keep serving, keep growing your business. Wonderful. Thank you. And perfectly said. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. I appreciate it. Hopefully this will be a good episode. Yeah, I think it will be. <laughs> thanks as always for listening. And uh, remember to keep questioning because
0: like Clay's saying, the struggle is real. podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website I'll also list that in the notes of the show